Mic check, mic check. Where the f is my check? You now tuned in to do rags and boat shoes. turn down what's going on everybody it's your boy a double you now tuned in to episode 148 of do rags and boat shoes nothing but love and respect to everybody out there hopefully y'all had a great uh martin luther king weekend um let's see here um yeah hopefully y'all had the day off hopefully it was a paid day off i know for my black ass uh it was a paid day but i still had to work so i got like double paid during the day it's the weirdest shit but then my job gives me thanksgiving off unpaid like they force you to be off they just nobody's working that day and it's unpaid so they tell you to use one of your vacation one of your single vacation days to spend time with your family boy if you don't get the fuck out of here like that is the silliest shit ever just silly as fuck at my job but it keeps my lights on so i ain't complaining too much until this podcast start keeping my lights on so we're gonna make it do what it damn do so let's um go ahead and get started on that good old summer damn jam screen i know last week we talked about uh your man's kales your man's r kelly we talked about him and uh what was going on with his situation and my thoughts and opinions about it so uh i just found out that his camp reached out to iyam yam uh iyanla <laughs> i don't know if y'all ever used to uh watch fucking uh talk suit that came on e entertainment channel or whatever but uh they had a they had a clip hopefully this heater ain't picking up on this microphone because it's cold as shit in my office but um anyways uh they they had this this lady she was uh they had you know they just take this is right it was just a clip show back in the day and uh so they had this because uh, the used to come on uh regular tv or something like that and this was a very very old episode and uh it was a clip that they had on talk suit and uh, and the white lady was you know reading off the lineup of the shows that's come on and it, the 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 woman had the audacity to be like and at night 9 30 yum yum and i was like what so every time i see her name i think of that clip from goddamn talk soup so every time i see yum i'm like yum yum <laughs> but anyways uh the fix my life star she told she was on a, a podcast or something for abc news and she told abc news that r kelly reached out to her uh, for help before the surviving R. Kelly documentary dropped. Now, Iyanla turned Kales down because he wasn't ready to do the work. She said, uh, she said, are they willing? Are they ready? Do they have the capacity to do the work? He didn't have it, uh, the emotional capacity, he just didn't have it. Uh, she also said that he wasn't ready to dive in to the tragic relationships he had in the past. Um, and I just thought it was wild that, um, you know, Iyanla would, you know, turn it down. But that just shows that, you know, she wasn't she ain't doing the shit for ratings. You know, she's actually uh, trying to actually help these folks out here. And uh, I just could imagine, you know, her having R. Kelly break down crying talking about you know him messing with them young girls and then even him getting fondled and shit with his uh you know by his uh, big sister and shit like that y'all remember how she had dmx crying and shit like that well not crying but he was mad as fucking her he was crying on uh what was that that was on a vh1 show uh dmx was crying like my mother you know she didn't love me you know? <laughs> that was a vh1 show but he was mad that white woman had him crying on that vh1 it was like divorce something or counseling or some shit like that she she broke uh she broke him down using that white woman magic but iyanla she got called all kind of names and everything i ain't doing this no more get this bitch out of here you know <laughs> shit like that so it would have been interesting to see uh r kelly 
on that show and i see that he got dropped from his label uh this is uh to me it feels like a little too late uh because you know i don't think I, I, he doesn't own his master so sony is still going to be collecting those royalties left and right if that's his record label or uh was it rca it might have been rca that uh owns his uh masters and his record label so them dropping him and then the plays <coughs> excuse me from his music you know on spotify itunes and all this other shit you know it still was it, it spiked <coughs> excuse me when that damn dmx voice got my voice all raspy and shit but uh but yeah so those streams and people still buying albums and shit like that digitally and on amazon and things like that you know they saw a spike in his music after that uh surviving r kelly special and so um you know uh rca or sony whoever his label is they still about to be getting them checks so everybody's clapping and hoo hawing and like oh yeah we got a goddamn victory well they still just it's, it's like printing money with r kelly you know what i'm saying with all this old shit you know it's still gonna be them old heads who's about you know 10 20 years older than me you know 45 55 year olds you know or even uh folks in their late 30s who's a few years older than me you know still out here stepping in the name of love and shit like that and i believe i can fly probably still gonna be played at you know kindergarten graduations and shit like that and so they still it's, it's just like printing money with all this old shit so they didn't do too much because he ain't been putting out no hits or nothing like that so ain't ain't shit really changed and uh i see that uh I think Lady Gaga got nominated for an Academy Award, so it worked for her uh, taking that song down off of streaming platforms and off future prints of her CDs because she's just trying to, you know, you know, trying to be up in that bright light. So, uh, yeah, mm -hmm. it worked out perfectly for her. But um, anyway, let's go ahead and move on uh, to the complexion for the connection for the collection for the protection okay now y'all remember that mother uh son team that was selling cannabis oil out of there out of out in the panhandle out there in nebraska out there in scotch bluffs um let me see this uh let me, let me pull this up real quick y'all just bear with me here yeah so an article came out just last week about these two um let's see here uh, the Begumes, Begumes, or whatever, however you pronounce their names. So, yeah, Heather Begume and uh, Drayson Begume, 46 and 23, respectively. Uh, back in December, and so that was about a couple episodes ago, I talked about it because I said they had the complexion for the connection, but not for the protection. It's silly fucking me. <laughs> you know, I should have, you know, I should have said that after they got some jail time. But it looks like. Uh, the uh, prosecutor there, he ain't gonna charge them with shit. He's not gonna charge them with shit at all. Um, you know, so the prosecutor realized that they had the complexion for the protection and dropped charges against them, you know, saying that the law was poorly worded and he said we're not going to enforce it it's technically illegal but like i said it's a situation that needs to be fixed by the legislature and i hope they'll do that now on the flip side you know i knew i know they got the complexion for the protection and ain't shit really going out in the panhandle except for you got some drunk natives out there some you know bigoted white folks you know beating the shit out of they you know out their wives and shit like that domestic violence and shit like that going on out in the panhandle there ain't shit to do out there i, be, I went out there for a wedding years ago out there in uh, scott's bluffs or whatever and it's pretty much it's about seven and a half hour drive from uh, where i stay at out into the panhandle and it, it was like word no about seven hours in it because it's about an hour from denver about an hour hour and a half from denver and so you go out there and they were and i remember when i went out there they were excited because they just got a walmart but it ain't shit to do out there it's like a movie theater and then nothing but bars that's it that's it. All you saw was drunk uh, Hispanic folks and drunk natives there. That's all you saw. And then you saw some uh, folks, some, some good old boys out there that look like all that. That's all they do is drink uh, besides, you know, working at a tire shop or some shit like that. There ain't shit to do out there in the bluff. So uh, that's why them cops was fucking with them people anyway, because they thought they had some big bust or something because they get tired of dealing with disturbing the peace calls and shit like that. So they got excited thinking they going to bust this mother son duo that they had 
had some keys or some shit or some drums of that cannabis oil or whatever. So I know I said they have the, the complexion for the protection, but to be fair, uh, in Omaha and Lincoln, there are shops that do, do sell like healing um, uh, ointments. They do have that cannabis oil in it and shit like that that you can either take orally or uh, I think there's a there's some patches too that soaks into the skin or whatever and it has a very small trace amount of thc but it's still illegal it's still illegal uh but it is what the fuck it is and i'll keep y'all updated on that because the uh, mother-son duo was talking about that they want to continue um to go ahead and uh open up shop and keep making it do what it do so we'll see what happens with that that's that's uh, amazing to me and i'm my goofy ass jumped the gun because i'm like oh shit some white folks got arrested for cannabis oil and it's like ha, ha, silly negro silly silly negro you forgot about this system that i talk about every fucking episode <laughs> so that's just me tripping all right um let's see what else oh we have to talk about some toxic masculinity that is a very popular phrase going along in the uh social media lexicon on the in the online realm not in the real world but it's crossed over to the real world um gillette you know the best a man can get you know they have uh, shaving creams and blades and shit like that and you know men's care items and things like that of that sort uh they had an ad on toxic masculinity all right you know and it was to me it was so wild um to see the reactions uh, for men on Gillette's ad to be a better man, uh, to be better men, uh, you know, it's it was like I read a fact that it's the 28th least liked video on YouTube. It had over a million thumbs downs on it. Um, so-called men are saying that they've been customers for over 15 years and will stop buying their products. Um, you know, we're living in a time where people are more connected than ever. And you see that women, they're done taking shit from men. It's just, that's just the fact of the matter. They're just done taking shit from us men. Non-whites are pushing back against the unjust system of racism, white supremacy with black folks spearheading it. And then you got white supremacists who are fighting tooth and nail to uphold their so-called empire. So we're just living in this time where everybody's connected and people are sharing these experiences and it's like, oh shit, humanity is pretty fucked up. It's not as humane as we fucking think, right? And so, you know, uh, we're in the age of empowerment. So you got people connected, sharing ideas like, oh shit, you going through shit like that halfway across the country? Shit, we going through it right over here too. And so, like I said, we're in the age of empowerment. People are empowering each other with their words and companies are capitalizing off of it. I mean, you seen Nike do it with the Ka Kaepernick ad, you know, while also securing the bag from the NFL. That was a big, that was just like, shit, you playing both sides of the fence, you know, by getting that uniform contract. Now, Gillette wants men to do better and be better. So I'm going to read their statement for you. Uh, give me just a moment. All right, let's see if I can find it here. Here we go. So uh, on the web, on, the, on Gillette's website, it said, uh, 30 years ago, we launched the best a man can get tagline. Uh, since then, it has been an inspirational statement reflecting uh, standards that many men strive to achieve. But turn on the news today and it's easy to believe that men are not at their best, which is true. Uh, many find themselves at a crossroads caught between the past and the new era of, era of masculinity. While it is clear that changes are needed, um, where and how we can start to affect that change uh, is less uh, obvious for many. And when uh, the changes needed seem so monumental, it can seem, it can feel daunting to begin. So let's do it together. Uh, it's time we acknowledge that brands like ours play a role in influencing culture. And as a company that encourages men to be their best, we have a responsibility to make sure we are promoting positive, attainable, inclusive, and healthy versions of what it means to be a man. With that in mind, we have spent the last few months taking a hard look at our past and coming uh, communication and reflecting on the types of men and behaviors we want to celebrate. We're inviting all men along the journey with us to strive to be better, to make us better, and to help each other be better. From today on, we pledge to actively challenge the stereotypes and expectations of what it means to be a man everywhere you see uh, Gillette. In the ads we run, the images we publish to social media, the words we choose, and so much more. 
as part of the Best Men Can Be campaign, uh, Gillette is committing to donate $1 million per year for the next three years to nonprofit organizations executing programs in the United States designed to inspire, educate, and help men of all ages achieve their personal best and become role models for the next generation. Our tagline needs to continue to inspire us all to be better every day and to help create a new standard for boys to admire and for men to achieve because the boys of today are the men of tomorrow. We've all got work to do when it starts today. Gillette, the best a man can get. I mean, how can you be mad at that? How can you be mad at that statement, right? And so there's just so many, and it was just so many men, so-called men online, that was just so pissed off about the commercial because it showed some bullying. It showed, uh, you know, guys making excuses and, um, you know, it, it hinted at rape culture and shit like that. And what is wrong with evolving and not being a piece of shit? That's what I don't get. What is so wrong with that, that, you know, holding people accountable for their actions? That's what I don't understand. What is so bad about evolving and being a better person? You're supposed to get better as you get older, right? Because I know me being 35 now, I wouldn't do half the shit I was doing at 25. You see what I'm saying? You grow, you you learn, and you try to give the game, you know, to uh to the younger cats so they don't make the same mistakes that you did. You know, sitting in the cold cell, being on probation, or uh, having some charges on you, you know, having a record and so you can't get a job and shit like that, or affecting your collegiate career or something like that, you know, and giving them the game so they'll have a head start and go even further than you ever went, you know, then you'll go. You see what I'm saying? So th that's what's fascinating to me. And it was some old ass motherfuckers in them comments, you know, talking about they're going to stop uh, using Gillette and all this other shit. And it's just like, yo, you, you really out here being rapey and bullying motherfuckers and shit like that? Like, that's crazy. And I and and a lot of toxic masculinity comes from, you know, a lack of. Uh, masculine figures in their life you know a lot of folks was raised by their grandmamas their mamas you know then you go into school you know you got a female teacher ain't no male teachers there so you don't know what you don't you ain't got no fucking guidance at all about what a man should be so you up here acting like the men you see on tv and shit like that but you just see this hyper masculine ass man on tv but then you got these uh these women all around you so you're emotional uh, you know being emotional and having testosterone that don't mix being a, a overly emotional man that don't mix you can't be out here boohooing and being all sensitive and emotional and you just pumping full of testosterone because you up here frustrating shit like that it just don't work like that and that's why i you know thank god for the the male role models i had in my life from my coaches and the men's in my family to my own pops is is one of those things where is is you just see just it's just you're just out here being a caricature you know what i'm saying and some people even had you know uh you know toxic males in their family you know somebody beating the shit out their mama you know uh beating the shit out their auntie or something like that or you know even beating the shit out of them you know some male who was just you know an alcoholic a druggie or some shit like that and so you think that's what a man's supposed to do is beat the shit out of a woman and you know other silly goofy shit like that and so, uh, you know, this is a call to action to just be a better fucking man, to evolve and grow. You know, you don't want your little boy out here, your, your son out here, your nephews out here, you know, beating the shit out of girls and women. And now they up here got battery charges on them, domestic violence charges on them. And, you know, just out here being a piece of shit. And then they doing stints in jail left and right. Nobody wants that for the future generation. So I don't understand what's wrong with holding people accountable. I, I just don't understand what's wrong with that that's it's fascinating to me to see so much pushback from so-called men because it's just like oh you just roll with it yeah you know what i'm open to that you know hey maybe i'll quit you know fucking cat calling in front of my son and shit like that you know what i'm saying 
you know, maybe I'll teach him how to, you know, be more respectful to little girls. If he likes a little girl, don't run up to her and start pulling her hair or, you know, do something to harm her, you know, like, you know, kick her in the shin or some shit like that, you know, because he's confused about his feelings and all this other shit. He don't know how to express how he likes her and shit like that. And to be nice to girls, you know, what is wrong with evolving and being a better man? Absolutely nothing absolutely nothing so i mean gillette got the ball rolling uh they're catching a lot of hell and i think that people confuse toxic masculinity with effeminacy you know of uh you know uh guys out here being so-called you know soft uh moist uh being sissies whatever they equate equate that with that and it's just like nope you ever been around a real man like a real true blue you know ten toes down man you know some man that really loves his woman loves his kids and just or just gives off that just that energy that's just that positive fucking energy You're like oh this is a real motherfucker right here you know he'll fuck somebody up at the drop of a dime you know he'll protect his family and all that other shit you know what i'm saying when it's time to get dirty he will get dirty he goes to work every day take care of take care of his family you know what I'm saying? Lives by the mantra, you know, his lady take care of him and, you know, he'll take care of the whole family. You know what I'm saying? But we all know some guy out there that's like that. You know, that's what a real man is about. You know what I'm saying? Being a provider, being a protector and also being loving and caring at the same time. You know what I'm saying? And, and checking another motherfucker, you know, for out here being a dog, being a dirtbag and shit like that. So I don't understand what's wrong with being more of a protector a provider and being loving and caring it's puzzling to me it's puzzling to me but i know humans hate change even change for the better um but that's still not an excuse for you to be a shitty human being but i'm gonna leave it to my nigga hove hove what you gotta say don't be the next get tested on that summer jam screen i smoke rocks i smoke rocks Alright, so thank you so much Tyrone Biggums for that lovely intro, selling hope like damn dope. Uh, right now, we are living in a time where uh, the mainstream media doesn't really need Negroes right now. They don't because of who's in the White House now. Remember when, um, you know, former President Barack Obama was elected, uh, that whole, you know, eight year span from 2009 to 2017, we saw um you know just the diverse programming and just diverse faces and stories all on the news and things of that sorts like news anchors and things like that and stories that uh were pretty much all inclusive because uh i guess you know um it, we were just i think we thought we were more progressive than we actually are and so uh mainstream media is just kind of you know reeling it back and going back old school since we got the cheeto in chief in the white house who is a self-proclaimed nationalist right and uh i say that to say this uh, who's looking funny in the light is a uh, cnn and even nbc also but we'll talk about cnn first the clinton news network um so they had an article on their website uh, by a guy named uh, john blake and he was talking about um now john blake is a black half black writer half white guy um for cnn and uh he wants to he, he wrote an article about forgiving bigots you know to let some shit slide right so i'm like okay so he wants people you know to give bigots a pass when they're caught using slurs so a weatherman was fired um for saying martin luther coon on air and he said it was a mistake now this is never a mistake now back in the days you know when king was alive back in the 50s and 60s um when he was making headway especially in the uh, late 50s um white folks used to call him martin luther coon king aka king of the coons so this weatherman was just tired of speaking in code and he spoke how he normally does when he's around other bigots you know or other white supremacists so i think it was just a freudian slip you know what i'm saying something that you think about so much and then you just you know when you say one thing but you mean another but it was just him just letting the truth just kind of slip out of how he normally talks how norm how he normally speaks now the argument that this writer john blake is trying to make is that uh what if this ritual of going after people like the weatherman 
actually reinforces racism and other isms instead of combating them. Now that's the actual question that he proposes in this article. And I'm just like, half nigga, what? Uh, you telling me that checking any kind of ism, especially racism, will reinforce the said ism instead of combating it? That's what's, uh, you know, that's just in a, that's, it's weird to me. You know, that's why uh, the illogical system of racism, white supremacy is still thriving to this day, you know, with folks that want to love the hate away by embracing it. And coons are scared of offending uh, white people, uh, especially white supremacists. They're just af afraid to offend somebody. But how can you have a thought process of not calling out bigotry and you saying that this reinforces the behavior? And you, we know most people who are opposed to the system of racism, white supremacy, uh, we know that America, Western civilization, uh, white civilization, only respects two things money and violence so they won't come sit sit down at the table and have a discussion about the system that they're upholding unless violence is involved has been implemented or you're fucking with somebody's money and so this white man's money got fucked with right that's how you combat the system in a peaceful way you know that's why the civil rights movement got to popping off really when they had those bus boycotts down south right that, that put a lot of people out of work that clogged up a lot of financial systems down there and it was like oh shit these niggas all on the same page and they fucking up the money right so this that's what's just weird to me is just having a thought process of oh letting the shit slide but we've been letting the shit slide and get as slippery as it can for since got since we landed on these goddamn shores you know came up off that boat in 400 years ago in 1619 you know just letting that shit slide too many people letting the shit slide just letting it go on and go on and fester and grow till it actually became the law of the land you know what i'm saying as soon as the first uh group of white folks was just like oh we're white we're better than all these other people you know soon as they released that first uh you know document that had that pseudoscience that said the white man was smarter than every other non-white group it, people should have challenged it right then and there like what the fuck are you talking about like how silly is this shit you know what i'm saying it, but but it kept festering and growing until it became law of the land it started off as a joke seeing if people could roll up roll with it and then all of a sudden it's like oh shit oh shit this actually might work this might actually work and here we are it's the goddamn law of the land globally and now people are just like well what about these countries with these black leaders or these asian leaders and da 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 and all this other shit a lot of these folks are puppets and i and you know that racism white supremacy is a social construct right you know that it's a, a social system it's a system that had you thinking because your skin is dark that you're inferior that's why bleaching cream is so notorious in these um you know these heavily non-white countries i mean you look at what's going on in jamaica you looked at fucking black china trying to sell uh bleaching cream over uh, in nigeria you look at how the koreans even get down now they just a shade darker than white folks in the social hierarchy it's white yellow red brown black and the 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 fairest skin these people be the goddamn color of raw chicken you know they out here in korea they're just up on a pedestal because they're so light and they're actually using skin lightening creams and then you have other asian folks who are actually getting eye surgeries eyelid surgeries to make their eyes rounder so that's when I talk about that it's a law of the land, like a uh, globally, because you have other groups wanting to be white because they think white is right. Black, get back. Brown, eh, you might can stick around, you know, yellow, you're mellow, but white is right. You know what I'm saying? So that's what's fascinating to me reading this article from a so-called black man where he's half white you know trying to make this this goofy ass argument and then you know the writer goes on to say what if this hyper focus on individuals um 
let me see this let me pull this up real quick he says you know what if this hyper focus on an individual's wrongs distract us from directing our outrage uh at the most destructive forms of intolerance the kind that's back uh that's baked so much into our everyday lives that we hardly notice them motherfucker that's the point of checking an ism right thin in air there like the example i just gave it was so silly and goofy starting off with racism white supremacy and when you actually think about racism white supremacy it's a silly ass system just based off of skin color that's it it's a goofy ass system right because they go off and say that they're superior in intellect and then that's been proven wrong by dozens of other groups of non-whites then they talk about the bootstrap logic and you know picking yourself up by your bootstraps and all this other shit and that they work harder and all this other shit and they're the smartest but it's always been disproven you know by other groups other non-white groups and you're like well what about this group well, we're not talking about that right now we're talking about uh, in america and blah 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 and then you just like okay so now you're just making shit up as you go and that's that's all racism white supremacy is because i said so you can't do shit about it we own 90 90 plus percent of the resources wealth power so you can't really do shit about it but maybe you know protest that's it right and so this is where i feel like this brother is confused it's like he's trying to you know walk both sides of the line and shit like that he probably you know maybe got a white mama maybe that side of the family's a little bit bigoted so you know he might have had a, a grandpa you know call him his little nigger boy or some shit like that or my little coon my little darky you know that's my little dark grandson right there or some shit like that and so he's like oh grandpa just loves me he's just silly <laughs> so i think he probably had some of that in mind looking at this uh writing this uh dumbass article you know um but so, you know, us catching a, so it, it just seems like in this article, us catching this uh, newscaster slipping, you know, saying that word is us being overly sensitive. That's how he's writing this article. And then, um, you know, then he goes on, Blake goes on in this article to say that he racially, he was racially, he racially profiled a black man at Lowe's. He was waiting for a white worker to uh, get off the phone to ask him about paint instead of the black worker who wasn't busy at the time working in the same department and i just think this is blake's way of saying is hey blacks can be racist too we but we all know this is a sy symptom of racism white supremacy which teaches us that the white man is our savior and non-whites are inferior right they gave us white jesus they gave us an 80s rocker looking jesus so then by proxy you're going to equivalent you're going to um the equivalent of white jesus is the white man so you're like oh shit oh this is god's first son god made him in his image okay these people are gods amongst us right so you have this you have this complex like they're um you know like they're they're the end all be all they're the alpha and the omega to us right but that's a symptom of racism white supremacy so the whole article is just full of false equivalencies you know in this day and age speaking about justice and progress it's kind of out the window with mainstream media outlets um because they know they can get liberals and conservatives hooked both by offering trump news and bigoted news so they don't need stories of multiculturalism, inclusiveness. They want to, you know, they want that viewership from those Trump voters. You know, these media outlets don't need to cater to others. You know, Trump has awakened a dormant disease and these media outlets want to feed it. That's basically what it boils down to. And then moving on to uh, NBC, um, you know, they even on in on a jig, as I alluded to in the beginning of uh, Selling Hope Like Dope. Um, you know, a senior employee named Susan Sullivan she told staffers not to call uh iowa representative steve the bigot king um comments racist you know he did a um <clears throat> interview with the new york times where he said white nationalists white supremacists western civilization how did that language become offensive like he's just he's just tired steve king is tired and i appreciate steve king's uh honesty because you get so tired of dealing with uh dog whistle politicians you know who be giving out these dog whistle words which is how the republican party and the democratic party moves um because they both you know two wings of the same bird 
and so he's just coming out and just saying it like fuck what's wrong with saying white supremacists uh what's wrong with saying western civilization what's wrong with white nationalists what is wrong with it you know what i'm saying it's one of those things where i appreciate the honesty because uh, a lot of non-whites don't understand dog whistle language and i wish that they would um look up a clip from uh the political advisor i forgot the guy's name i forgot his name it is slipping my tongue right now uh his name is uh lee atwater i was about to say atwell uh lee atwater that's it so there's because non-whites they don't understand dog whistle language there was a quote or they came out from an article about the government shutdown and this was about when it was about two weeks in instead of up to the month that what that we were up into i think it was, what 35 days 32 35 days or something like that um but when it was about two weeks in there was a white woman who was quoted as saying uh with the cheeto in chief she was saying that he she expected him to hurt other people not people like her it was something to that extent i i don't i don't remember the actual quote but it was in an article about the government shutdown and um so there was like benefits you know like welfare benefits not being you know passed out and shit like that and then uh government workers were affected but she said that he she thought he was going to hurt other people not people like her meaning hurt those non-whites not the whites right so lee so a lot of non-white folks don't understand uh coded language or dog whistles that's why you got niggas running around here wearing these red maga hats that's why you got asians running around here uh you know wearing the same red hats that's why you see a bunch of non-whites wearing that. that's why you got somebody like dinesh d'souza you know running around here thinking he's the he's a crown jewel in the republican party right but lee atwater had an interview and um well he was just shooting the breeze with somebody he was hoping that the person wasn't recording and he was talking about southern strategies southern strategy right and uh, and it just actually it broke down so brilliantly how they use dog whistle words to reach into the depths of uh, racists and bigots right and i quote he said you you start out 1954 by saying nigger 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 by 1968 you can't say nigger that hurts you backfires so you stay say stuff like uh forced busing states rights and all that stuff and you're getting so abstract now you're talking about cutting taxes and all these things you're talking about are totally economic things and the byproduct of them is blacks get hurt worse than whites we want to cut this it's much more abstract than even the busing thing uh and a hell of a lot more abstract than nigger nigger right so it's the old adage that uh dr um claude anderson talks about if white folks catch the flu black folks gonna get pneumonia right or white folks get a cold black folks gonna get the flu if white folks get the flu black folks gonna get pneumonia that's what it's about right so just so a lot of us don't understand coded language a lot of non-whites so that's why you try to call out like a racist ass policy or a bigoted ass policy and then you got some goddamn indian the color of wesley snipes talking about oh no this is good for america and all this other shit and you're just like yo what the fuck are you talking about more people of color is about to be harmed by this and shit like that specifically black folks oh you're a bigot why are you bringing race into it and all this other shit it was pretty bigoted of me to use that fucked up ass voice but it is what it is here we are right <laughs> and that's my bad and i apologize for that uh but what i'm getting at is steve king i appreciate his honesty i appreciate a bigot being outright in front of me telling me how he or she feels off rip so i know instead of being some conniving ass snake in the grass and i don't see coming but I already got bitten the goddamn pinky toe and i got this venom spreading through my veins and killing me slowly right so if i see the if i see the bigot the bigot is like a goddamn pit bull that i'm seeing from you know maybe three four blocks away okay i can maybe prepare for that a little bit right 
but a goddamn snake i'm just going about my damn business they think i know i didn't got bit in the ankle and i'm like damn snake why you bite me in the ankle because i'm a fucking snake that's what i do next thing you know bam i'm dying slowly fast but slowly right and so going back to this nbc thing so there was a memo that got sent out and they were talking about don't call his uh comments uh racist you know and um you know that's about as racist as it's get throwing a filling out filler out there you know to test the temperature of the room you know white supremacists do this all the time you know when they meet new white people to see if they're on the same page now after the huffington post you know released the story about the email nbc news all of a sudden came out and said that their journalists could say that steve uh king's language was racist i feel like that's like the worst thing that you can call a white person is racist like that is like the worst thing that you can call them they get like so offended to the point where you thought that you didn't call them a nigger you know what i'm saying they just they just go off the deep end i'm not racist i would never how dare you call me racist you're the real racist you know and it's deflection 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 but i just really wanted to show y'all these two stories because we think uh you know in this time where uh, the cheeto in chief is calling everything fake news and everybody's just like oh it ain't fake news and blah 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 and all this other shit and trying to jump on you know the anti-trump train and which you should be on it no doubt but i don't want you aligning yourself with publications like cnn and nbc news when they got fuckery and shit going on like this because it's one of those things where it's just like the enemy of my enemy is not my ally not in this case and the media for decades upon decades have not been a friend to black folks at all just the way that they portray us in the media and help with the brainwashing uh so the dominant society can uh you know subjugate us harm us and have a reason to say that oh they're animals and shit like that always blowing up news stories and shit like that and fabricating things and blowing things out of proportion and making us look terrible in the light so uh don't trust the mainstream media but like i said the reasoning that i gave y'all those two stories for selling hope like dope i just see a lot of black folks jumping on you know that anti-trump train about fake news and shit like that and uh trying to align themselves with publications like cnn and msnbc and all this other bullshit they've never been a friend to black america this portion of do rags and boat shoes has been brought to you by the letter l as in hey yo my guy my hands are full give me a hand here can you hold this l Alright, so holding this L, we have to give it to uh, the Cheeto-in-Chief with this government shutdown. Did you see uh, the the spread of food that he had for the national champions of the Clemson Tigers for college football? Um, these men uh, worked their asses off all season, uh, you know, doing two-a-days in the summer you know going through rigorous drills and just being the best that they can be and they rolled over to alabama uh uh the crimson tide roll tide ran all over them dried up the tide calmed down the tide and then you get an invite from the cheeto in chief so since there's a government shutdown there's no federal workers so what does the cheeto in chief do do he basically was like you know what i have a great idea and i don't know maybe his advisors were off um because they're not being paid but i doubt that um and this has him written all over it he was like you know what let's get some wendy's and some mcdonald's and have a spread for them and and it was by candlelight too he he, he brought out uh you know those candle holders the candle bras or whatever and uh i just i felt so bad for those players uh because you know they have them on a strict diet uh all that money that goes to the ncaa and to the you know sports teams and shit like that from boosters donors the fans spending all that money at those games you know those coaches make millions of dollars those players don't get paid a goddamn dime but during the season they do eat like kings they have them on strict diets and shit like that so they just eat the finest right great proteins like steak and chicken breast and things like that uh fresh fruits and veggies smoothies protein shakes just everything you know fit for a king or a queen 
and you go and you have to meet the Cheeto in chief and then you eating cold fast food you know none of that shit was warm there is nothing worse than eating some cold french fries you try to nuke them you try to bake them in the oven it's just not the goddamn same it's disgusting and this man was standing there looking like the hamburglar with that big ass uh goddamn torrid coat on looked like a woman's uh blazer that he had on a coat or whatever a trench coat a woman's trench coat from the plus size store torrid and he's standing there with his arms out like he done did some shit now this is the silliest shit i've ever seen in my life just silly and this man is running this country it's just disgusting uh i felt bad for them players but some of them had a grin on their ear from cheek to cheek i know some of them players were probably so goddamn happy to be in the same room with a so-called billionaire on paper right but he has to hold this l he has to stop this government shutdown doing all this shit just to get a goddamn wall up and you fed some national champions some fast food they essentially were eating fast food in a museum. This was nothing more than a goddamn field trip. So to the Cheeto in chief, number 45, open back up the government and hold this L. You win. Perfect. All right. So moving on to not all heroes wear capes. We have to give it to this brother, Tony Beckham. Now, Tony Beckham was getting ready for work. His daughter was getting ready for school. And um, Tony heard his daughter shriek. And he see a man by the window. So Tony runs outside, catches his man with his dick in his hand, and beats the shit out of him in the suburban area. Now, Tony used to play for the NFL. He caught this uh, he caught this, uh, this old dude outside of his, his teenage daughter's window, beating his meat, and he caught him, beat the shit out of him, and notified police. And Tony lived to tell about this tale. Lived to tell the tale. And I say that because uh, Tony is black, and the guy that was beating his meat outside his daughter's window was a white man. And I'm just amazed that race soldiers didn't show up, you know, as a, and, and instead some cops showed up and they arrested the perp, you know, for fapping in front of that girl's window. So uh, nothing but love and respect, you know, to uh, Tony Beckham and to those officers who actually did their job correctly. And uh, that's just what it's about being a dad. You, you have to be a protector, a provider, a protector. That's what it, it is when you're the, you know, when you're the man in the family structure. That's what it's all about. Providing and protecting besides being loving and caring. But main things is providing and protecting, protecting and providing. That's what it's all about. So I have nothing but respect for this man. And uh, I'm just grateful, you know, that he was able to protect his daughter. And also that them cops didn't blow his brains out, you know, and the neighbors could have easily, you know, flipped the, sh flipped the switch and been like, oh, he's just attacking this poor white man and all this other shit. But, you know, I think the neighbors were honest about you know the situation and that's why my man's head didn't get blown off so salute to him his neighbors and the police not all heroes wear capes you know some of them be out here whooping ass and i'm okay with that all right so moving on to the last segment of the show health over wealth you know what i say without your health you cannot enjoy your wealth so we're still in the new year kicking off um you know what i'm saying black history month a couple weeks away um and you know people making their vision boards some folks are still making their boards nothing wrong with that make sure you have it in a place where you can see it every day and we're trying to achieve these goals every year but like i say every day is a new day so you can start a new goal you don't have to wait until the next year shit getting shitty for you you know in this year you know hey you had a shitty day make the next day a better one you know what i'm saying it's just how you it's, it's your outlook on life you know if you 
if you have a shitty day you wake up the next day and you're like oh it's gonna be another shitty day well of course it's gonna be a shitty day because that's the vibe and the energy you're giving out and you're looking for it right so just try to stay positive and remember every new day is an is a new opportunity to achieve your goal so don't wait to the top of the year you know people have all this energy that first week of january then all of a sudden it's just dead and you're gone and you're back doing some mundane bullshit right but i want to talk to you guys about planning for your death for your retirement um and this quote came from tk kirkland i saw it floating around on um instagram back in like december and I posted it on the Facebook page of Do-Rags and Boat Shoes. Make sure you like that page if you fuck with the show. Um, it's just Do-Rags and Boat Shoes. And it's a picture of a Black Homer with a Do-Rags and Boat Shoes t-shirt on. And so this quote from T.K. Kirkland, uh, he's a comedian. And it, and it goes like this. It says, he was doing an interview with, uh, let me give you some context for this uh, this quote he was doing an interview with dj vlad the culture vulture and they were talking about um how cosby catching those rape allegations how it fucked up the money for that actor that was working at um uh trader joe's but like i said you gotta do what you can to keep the lights on i ain't judging you and vlad was saying that you know if all of his, if his youtube money dried up in the website he would be able to take care of his family until he died he you know set some things aside yada 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 okay it's whatever um and he you would never catch him bagging groceries and um to keep the lights on or some shit like that and uh and tk kirkland was talking about you have to plan for you know your retirement and for death right and he said that, you know, he grew up, you know, he had balling ass aunts and uncles and stuff who had all this money when he was a kid. And now he's trying to help them now, you know, pay for funerals, uh, cover their bills, color, co cover their medications and shit like that. And he said this, and this is the quote. He says, your poor planning should not be my emergency. I'll say that again. Your poor planning should not be my emergency. Now that hit hard, don't it? Like just hearing those words, it hits hard because we know or we know of some people who didn't have life insurance and just dropped dead, didn't have life insurance at all. And now everybody trying to scrounge up money, you know, everybody in the family throwing in $300 here, $500 here, $1,000 here if it's a balling ass aunt or uncle or your mom or your pops and then you know scraping the money together to round up you know five six thousand dollars to have a decent funeral and to bury your ass and to get a headstone right or we know of uh of family members who are in the age of retirement or at retirement and can't you know even damn near keep the roof over their head and they you know they're at retirement age but they still have to work don't make no damn sense they are greeter at walmart or they uh you know working a self-checkout at your uh, local grocery store you know or even stocking shelves and they should be feet kicked up chilling and i don't want that to be y'all you know uh a lot of my listeners you know are in their teens 20s 30s 40s and um you know even if you're in your 40s right i'm looking at 40 in the face i got five years until 40 um you still you have time to change your retirement you can even make money in retirement you know uh retirement age is 65 and so you have you have time but you have to be aggressive if you're on that back end you're on that back end. you have to be aggressive with your 401k make sure you're putting in enough that that your employer is matching it that same percentage and then you know the whole key i don't care what you do what books you read by warren buffett or financial advisors about how to prepare for retirement it boils down to this they say it in so many different words and colorful language and all these big ass words you have to live under under your knee, your means so you have to basically not be spending spending frivolous bullshit money you know what i'm saying just taking these trips to you know stopping getting fast food on your lunch break you know uh stopping getting fast food on your way home 
uh, getting breakfast, fast food breakfast in the morning. You know what I'm saying? So you're spending, what, six, seven dollars on breakfast. So let's just round it up to seven dollars. Seven times five is thirty five dollars right there. You're spending thirty five dollars a week on breakfast. All right. Your lunch is what? Anywhere between, depending on where you eat, between ten and fifteen dollars. You know what I'm saying? So if you do that five times a week, what is that? Fifty five dollars right there. <clears throat> no. I'm sorry, I'm smoking that good dope. I'm thinking about eleven dollars. I was trying to calculate my thing about my own back in the day. But so you're spending fifteen dollars, so it's that fifteen, thirty, forty-five, sixty, uh, seventy-five bucks right there. That's seventy-five dollars a week, plus that thirty-five that you spending on breakfast, getting you a little breakfast sandwich or some shit like that and some orange juice. And on a side note, why the fuck is it so expensive to eat breakfast at McDonald's? I went the other day. Because normally what I do is I'll breakfast prep. So what I'll do is I'll like cook some hash browns, like a whole bunch of hash browns or whatever, or like potato cakes or whatever. Um, you know, like them, them hash browns that they have at McDonald's. So I'll buy some of those and I'll cook those. And then I'll um, cook either some bacon, some chorizo, or some turkey sausage. And then in the morning, I'll just hook up some scrambled eggs real quick. And then I'll nuke the um, the meat that I cooked and the potatoes that I cooked. And then I throw them in a little Tupperware, you know, throw a little sauce in there, and I'll eat that for breakfast, right? Very cheap, very effective. But I went to McDonald's the other day because we didn't have any breakfast meat and we ran out of eggs. And, um, and I got... I got a uh, I got the steak sandwich, the steak bagel with the orange juice, and the upcharge for the orange juice was like a dollar and some change. I'm like, are you fucking smoking dope? And so the whole combo came together. It was almost nine damn dollars. I'm like, nigga, this is McDonald's, dog. Like this ain't no homemade burrito or nothing like that, you know. And this ain't no little small shop where they have to cover their costs and all this other shit. Like it's goddamn McDonald's. Like I just paid nine dollars for a piece of hamburger on a goddamn bagel and some orange juice and a hash brown like that nine dollars is what i spend even less than that for uh the bacon the goddamn potato cakes and my eggs my carton of eggs it's less than that like what the fuck but anyway so you got 35 dollars for breakfast plus the 75 dollars that you um that you're paying for lunch so that's what 35 uh <clears throat> plus 75 so what is that 110 bucks right there 110 dollars right there that you spend in a week and then not to mention if you stop somewhere and grab dinner so that's 15 or 20 dollars let's just do the math easy and round that up to 20 dollars so that's you know 210 dollars that you spend in every week you know what i'm saying and then you just wondering where the fuck your paycheck went you see what i'm saying so just learn to not spend your money on some bullshit and not to even mention if your job got like a goddamn snack machine like a, a soda machine that carries like flavored waters or gatorades or some shit like that and they charge you a dollar 25 for that and you do that fucking you know maybe twice a day so that's 250 you know what i'm saying 250 five dollars 750 ten dollars 1250 right there for the week and you're just like, yo, what the fuck? So you just nickel and diming your money. So it just live below your means if you have the means to do that. I know a lot of us are living paycheck to paycheck. Um, but you got to I know I realize you have to do what you can to keep the lights on. But you got to be, you know, a lot smarter with your money. Right. And one big thing that's going to help you in retirement is being healthy. You know, eating all that bullshit now, not working out. You know, you start feeling that shit. As soon as you hit like 29, 30, you start feeling that shit. You know, you you looking at it like, oh shit, I'm just getting old. But no, you just eating that bullshit and not being healthy and it's just catching up with you. That's why you can't recover that quickly from, you know, uh, partying, being out to 2, 3 in the morning. And then you got to get back up at, you know, 7, 8 o'clock and go to get ready for work and go to be to work at 9 o'clock. You know what I'm saying? That's fucking you up. But when you was like 21, 22, 23 24 you like shit i just need i just need an hour of sleep and i'm back at it you know what i'm saying but that shit starts catching up with you and so what you need to do is just really start working out you know going for a walk going for a jog hitting them sit-ups push-ups at the crib and shit like that and watch your eating habits take a multivitamin and do some other supplements and shit like that so that way 
you know once you reach that retirement age once you start getting into your 50s and your 60s you won't be on some kind of goddamn medications you know for blood pressure uh you know for glaucoma for uh goddamn diabetes just for just silly shit that you could avoid you know what I'm saying? A lot of times they try to tell you, especially as black folks, that high blood pressure runs in the family and you can't do nothing about it. Well, you can do something about it. I had a doctor tell me that because um, I have to take a physical for my job every two years. Uh, you get a medical card um, when you drive a commercial vehicle to say that you're healthy enough to drive a vehicle. So I have to renew it every two years. And uh, one year, my blood pressure was really high. And they only renewed it for a year. And I was like, well, doc, what can I do? You know, what can I do? Uh, because I would like to renew it for every two years instead of the first for just one year. And he was like, well, he was a young doctor, real asshole, real smug. Well, I mean, just, you know, given your race and then your family history, if it runs in the family, there's nothing you can do about it. I'm like, oh, there ain't nothing I can do about it. I was like, so not eating healthy and losing weight, shit like that. He was like, no, if you, I mean, if it's genetics, it's genetics. I'm like, oh, okay, you want them pseudoscience-ass people. So I went and talked to my regular doctor. I scheduled an appointment a couple months later with my regular doctor for my physical, went through my physical. He's like, yeah, it's a little high, but, you know, you can change that. You know, you have to look at your, you have to work on your belly fat and then, you know, watch what you're eating, your salt intake, your sugar intake, carbs and shit like that so i'm like okay so i get on my grind lose about 33 pounds before i see this this fuck face uh physician again that you know denied me you know the two-year uh, thing and i lose 30 pounds and my blood pressure is well in range of normal right and but i didn't get him when he did when i went back to do my physical got it renewed for two years so don't let anybody tell you that you can't you know that they put these uh medical limitations on you oh it just runs in the family it's genetic yada 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 you can change that shit you can change it you can do that so i'm just saying take care of your health and so your health can take care of you in old age and then it's also taking care of that wallet too so this way you ain't coming out of pocket you know 70 to 150 dollars a month on medications just to fucking live and plus you want to be agile enough and you know fit enough to run around and chase trace chase your grandkids and have some fun and things like that so you have to take care of your health so watch your petty costs and you know just save your money that's that's what it boils down to at the end of the day save your damn money you know that saving account that'd be looking real pretty don't it you be seeing that you're like oh shit oh shit this motherfucker up to about eight thousand dollars now okay okay you know what i'm saying and this ain't counting you know your roth ira and your 401k you know that's coming from your employer this is just shit that you're saving on the side you know they get up there you start thinking oh shit a nigga could get some yeezys now you know what i'm saying a nigga could go on here and get some of them nike yeezys but them shits is three thousand dollars on ebay you know what i'm saying don't think like that and i used to even when i was a kid when i had my first real job I, I i was taught the mantra when it came to spending money making a big purchase at the time you know i was working a little bullshit uh job where they taught you life skills like actual life skills job interview skills how to fill out a job applications uh real world math like you know uh like measuring stuff and uh calculating your bills for the month budgeting it was real world math and it was called summer youth this is when i was 15 and uh so we got paid like 75 bucks a week and uh we had a sister uh it was it was all black women who were our te who was our teachers and it was down at the uh judge elizabeth Pittman building down on the creighton campus and uh majority of us was black there was a couple white kids in it but they gave us real world life skills and one of the skills they always taught us was you know when we got that first paycheck they said if you can't buy it twice don't purchase it at all and i just and that just stuck with me it stuck with me like if i saw a fly ass pair of shoes and i'm like shit i done saved up three checks i got 225 dollars and these shits is 130 dollars i can't buy this shit twice you know what i'm saying so it's just like fuck it i don't and, and do i really need it like i already got fucking four or five pairs of sneakers and this was back in high school like i already got like three three or five pairs of sneakers do i really need it i know the ladies would like it so i said fucking and just bought some rock wear t-shirts <laughs> you know what i'm saying but it's just stuff like that just change the way that you think about money 
budget your breakfast your lunches and your dinners and you know you can treat yourself you know i'm not saying that you know a lot of people be like oh shit i just got paid let me treat myself you know what i'm saying sometimes you do have to treat yourself but it has to be put that in a budget put that in a goddamn budget because you don't want to be a burden to your kids your grandkids and your family don't do that i know you ain't gotta i know when you're dead you ain't gotta worry about no more bills no more stress you up there with the creator and your ancestors having a good ass time but back here on earth you know what i'm saying your goddamn daughter out here selling fish plates and your son out here grilling up wings and washing cars so they can put you in the ground and have a proper burial memorial for your ass so like tk kirkland said please don't let your poor planning your poor planning should not be my emergency all right hope y'all got that so that has been episode 148 of do rags and boat shoes nothing but love and respect to y'all make sure y'all like the facebook page i post a lot of dope content on there a lot of great articles if y'all like to read i'm very engaging on there so uh make sure you like it on facebook i know it's fed book but uh, hit that like button all right i love y'all one